0: We are starting off today's episode with a special viewer email that we're going to read off to you listeners, uh, sharing his thoughts about the Joe Burrow and the Super Bowl, the recent episode we had about our Pro Bowl and the takes we had regarding that and other things as such. So uh, shout out Randy Reckner, aka Sarge, aka Rexy, aka Roxy Roller, aka Large, and aka Candy Dancer, Randy Reckner. Uh, sending in the boss an email t- uh, sharing his thoughts with our recent episode in the Super Bowl. So I'll read it out to you for you listeners, and then we're going to pass off to Timmy, uh, who's going to speak on behalf of Joe Burrow and his Bengals. Uh, before we do that, please, for God's sakes, do not share any negative thoughts with Tim and Brisson as they are still coping with the loss of the Super Bowl. Please respect the privacy and keep them in your thoughts for the next seven to 10 days. Here we go, boss. As you're aware, I lost some respect for Joe Burrow when he came out of the tunnel. He ate up all the hype, and perhaps he forgot, sometimes a little seasoning makes things better. Hopefully he learns. I, too, agree with one of the boys on Jimmy G. Come on, he's better looking than Burrow. Babyface compared to fucking handsome? How do I know what women like? I'll leave that one and strictly say dot, 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 seasoning. Great calls from the game, from the podcast, but you got to believe that a great defense and scary offense is going to pull it off. Eight sucks question mark penalties called at the end of the game to help and team win kind of sucks, but Hey, that's sports. I think everybody got in on Burroughs hype and forgot about the other first rounder who did prove himself this year with a better team. As one, of the boys said these first round picks going to shitty teams to spend their careers, trying to get some surrounding personnel, the pro bowl. I noticed the guys were really down on the whole game. I missed the skills competition. hers quite enjoyable. Kind of hard to change the game and make it exciting. It's similar to the NBA All-Star game. Yes, the NHL was able to make something marketable, but they also have a three-on-three in regular season games. Not sure how to make the Pro Bowl better, but you can't bastardize the game. The game is basically there to recognize the players who played well throughout the season. Nothing more, and nothing less. When you listen to games in regular season, it's often brought up that so-and-so has had five Pro Bowl appearances. This alone brings up trade, his trade value and net worth. Hockey doesn't really mention it until they retire during the All Star weekend. Also, with all the different plays and styles from different coaches and systems, it's kind of hard for these guys to quote unquote read and know unquote the playbook for the game. I'll try to come up with some ideas for you guys to discuss on how they could change the Pro Bowl to make the game itself more interesting. Reach out to some other listeners and perhaps have a quote unquote change the Pro Bowl unquote podcast next season. Love listening. Keep it up, boys. Randy Reckner, a.k.a. Sarge, a.k.a. Rexy, a.k.a. Roxy Roller, a.k.a. Large, and a.k.a. Candy Dancer. What a candy-ass nickname, Sarge. I got to tell you that. Candy Dancer, not your best work, pal. And you don't need six of them. Uh, Tim, we're going to pass things off to you. You're going uh, to share your thoughts first. This I'm year. cutting in a little, yep. a
1: little golf clap for the boss for getting through that unscathed. It was, uh, that was well done. That's probably more words than you've read in a long time. So
0: we'll uh, give you some props for that one. Like, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Timmy Bennett, the Joe Burrow take. What are your thoughts on it for Randy Reckner?
2: There's a lot to unpack in this. Um, I'm going to go last point to first. Uh, as far as the Pro Bowl goes, I don't think any of us were saying get rid of giving a player an accolade for being called an All Star. We just said the Pro Bowl is very boring and my life might be better without it. Um, so I don't really have much to say on that one, but. Obviously, we're not going to say, well, yeah, like he said, um, it helps with knowing their Pro Bowl appearances, brings up trade value, net worth, yada, yada. That obviously we don't want to get rid of. So I think that's a moot point. Um, he said Joey B
1: it. was pulling up his net worth by coming out of the tunnel with his helmet off. He knows exactly what he
2: was doing. Exactly. Merchandise in the body, baby. Sorry to cut you off. It's all good. That was a great point. Sex absolutely sells. So if I were Joe Burrow and looked as great as he did, which is better than Jimmy G, I would also come out without a helmet on, show it off. And as far as what you're saying with uh, how do I know what women like, you should have seen all the ladies that were at the uh, Super Bowl watch party I had here because they were drooling over this man uh, because Joe Burrow might be the best-looking player in the NFL. Um, Fuck your seasoning with that. Uh, you said something along the lines of first round picks going to shitty teams in reference to the Bengals who were just in the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know what shitty team you're talking about because we were, you know, top two. So I don't know what team you're a fan of, but I bet it wasn't the Rams. Um, so again, bit of a moot point. Uh, six nicknames that you gave yourself is also kind of funny. Um, but as far as Joe Burrow goes, man, like the dude, if he had won this game, you wouldn't be saying any of this stuff. The man comes out with confidence because you got to look good, feel good, play good, right? You play good, they pay good. And that's what Joe Burrow's trying to do. He knows that he is a brand himself. So he's going out, no helmet on, showing it off. I love the confidence. And before we start recording, Matt was talking about, The idea of this is the super bowl he's not really worried about coming out there being that you know quiet soldier with the helmet on he knows that he's going to be running this team in this game and why not show that off and all these comparisons to jimmy g like get a good quarterback like (laughs) jimmy g is i don't understand i get it like he's a good-looking guy but like joe burrow shows out on the field shows out off the field I don't know. I really love that he had no lid on absolutely showing it off in football. You always have a helmet on. You don't really get to know what these players look like. And Joe Burrow's out there trying to change that. So I'm always for guys that are trying to break the mold and Joe Burrow is that guy. So let's pick the nickname. I hate the most candy dancer. You can go sock one.
0: Well, that's all great stuff there. Uh, Obviously uh, for back a little backstory here and back uh, content, with Mr. Randy Reckner, Sarge, Roxy Roller. He is a Patriots fan, so I'm sure there's a little bit of Patriots love there. Jimmy G, obviously, as you tore him apart, Tim, in in fair respect. Uh, The other thing, too, that we were talking about uh, that he wanted to mention as well was that he obviously is probably the kind of person, Randy, you probably are the old man that screams at clouds where you probably don't like these baseball players celebrating home runs by flipping bats and stuff. So we can just assume this is based on your old age. Uh, Cause you're getting up there in age, my friend, no matter what good shape you are in Maddie Brisson, what's your rebuttal to Timmy's thoughts as well as the email from our good viewer, Sarge. Uh,
3: I guess the first thing I'll say is I agree with everything Tim said. Uh, the biggest point that I had when I read that, which I appreciate everyone sending their thoughts and everything. I'm always, always more than happy to chat about it on the pod. I might have to get Randy on sometime, but like if, Put yourself in Joe Burrow's shoes. You just win the AFC. You have to now watch film for two weeks straight with Aaron Donald, one of the best pass rushers of all time, Vaughn Miller on the other side, also rushing. And then that's not even bringing into the picture that Jalen Ramsey is probably going to shut down whatever option that he's covering, which turned out wasn't the case. But, like, it's not. it's not – I'm sure Joe Burrow had a lot more things on his mind considering I listened to a podcast and he was talking about how he was he had to do so many interviews and that was the day after they won the AFC championship is that they came to the building and they already got briefed on all the interviews, all the stuff they had to talk about for all the media. So I think that he had a lot more things to talk about. You know, if he came out with his helmet out or helmet on or helmet off or whatever he came out in is whatever it is. But I mean, I didn't even see that and I'm the biggest diehard Bengals fan outside of Tim Bennett north of the 46th parallel. So the Bengals, yeah, we can talk about the Bengals later fellows, but yeah, I I don't know how much I'd buy into that, but you're right. The pro bowl can go to hell, but you're right. Sexy Rexy. There you go. There's my thoughts. Mr. Sobrowski, any thoughts on uh, anything from this email,
0: anything you want to add
1: in there? I think the boys covered it pretty well there. Um, you Can't replicate uh, what Timmy said. I laughed for about five minutes at the. Uh, <laughs> I'll pick which nickname I hate the most. Um, thank God for mute. Uh, I got. I got nothing. It's. Uh, we'll leave it to the uh, two Bengals fans with their ta- tails between their legs this week.
0: Now, let's keep this in mind, Filter Not Included listeners. We always appreciate hearing from our viewers, whether it's email, form or phone call, which Randy does in abundance. And we appreciate it because we know you guys care about the podcast. So although we torched you, Randy, there for a few minutes at the start of our show, we do appreciate you emailing in to us. If you want to share your thoughts or opinions with the Filter Not Included boys, uh, send us an email at bigscreensports2020 at gmail.com. That's bigscreensports2020 at gmail.com or message us on any of our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, at Big Screen Sports. For Twitter, it's at Big Screen Sport. Share your thoughts on any of the topics you hear us talking about here on the podcast and talking about the topic today. Let's get right into it, boys. We have another filtered not included draft we're going to do today. Not many sports news that we want to cover today, so we're going to do a draft style of the best athletes to ever play for one team uh, in their entire career So this is coming off the heels of Ryan Zimmerman, the first ever draft pick for the Washington Nationals, uh, retiring after 16 seasons, playing his entire career as a national. So we sparked with the idea that we should come up with our top three athletes of all time to play for one single team. At the end, we're gonna give a couple honorable mentions here, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Gentlemen, I'm going to start us off here because I am the boss. This is my show, in case you guys always forget here in recording time. But I'm going to start us off with the Black Mamba himself, Kobe Bryant, number 8 and 24. Cooper Cup, obviously donning that jersey too today was unreal. in the Rams parade that had about 12,000 people in it in total, thanks to a picture from Matty Brisson. Uh Kobe Bryant, the greatest of all time in the Lakers history, in my opinion, just because he is my favorite athlete of all time. Mamba mentality will live on forever. Uh, he played... Uh, his entire career with the Lakers, and he will be one of the greats of all time. Uh, we're going to do a snake draft here. We're going to pass it off to Sabrowski. He's got pick number two, Sabrowski. What is your first athlete to play for one team in their entire career? Derek Jeter.
1: I mean, you think of overrated this or whatever in terms of defense, defensive skills and with the new metrics. But I mean, just Derek Jeter, consummate professional, guy won a lot had a really good career at a premium position for the center of the sporting universe the new york yankees so i think that's uh pretty easy pick right there
0: you had to pick sabroski your favorite jeter play would it be the flip play the jeter throw itself or his walk-off hit against the orioles
1: probably just the the jeter play itself um what kid hasn't tried that, right? Every, every kid went to the Sandlot after probably the first one and just, or after or seeing Derek Jeter highlights and just tried that play over and over and just how effortless he made it look. Um, it was, you know, it's a generational play and, and a lot of people look up to it. I actually think the, the flip's a little overrated. Um, Big Giambi just had to slide and he'd be safe. But that's uh, that's a conversation for another day.
0: Matty Brison, you got the flip, the Jeter throw, or other, or the sorry, the walk off hit against the Orioles in his final game, or other. What are the play you're choosing that represents Derek Jeter in your in your opinion?
3: Uh, give me that dive into the stands he had a few years before he retired. You guys know what I'm talking about, bleeder down the left field line. Yeah, I think that
1: was against Boston in
0: the playoffs. Yeah, all-time play, no doubt. Timmy Bennett, your uh, Derek Jeter moment, what is it?
2: I mean, it has to be the Jeter throw, backhand in the hole, but since Sobrowski took that one, I'm going to go 3,000 with the bang when he hit that bomb for his 3,000th hit.
0: Great choice. And obviously, you know, we – Suck it, David
2: Price.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Obviously, Sobrowski, tough for him to do the Jeter play as a lefty, but I'm sure uh, he's always grown up trying to uh, replicate himself whatever lefty fashion he could. Uh, moving on, Timmy Bennett, you got the third pick in the filter non-included uh, best athletes on one team career draft. What is your choice?
2: Easy pick here. We're going Barry Bonds. I don't care what anybody has to say about steroid use. That is the best pick <laughs> player we have seen. Barry Bonds played for Pittsburgh for like 12 years. Oh, God damn. You are so right. I was putting this together when I was uh, driving home. That's on me. That's on <laughs> me. We're gonna audible to my next pick. Uh, Here, Calvin I'll, just
0: rest- I'll just rest- I'll I'll just restart. <laughs> I'll cut that no, out. No, leave that. No, in no, there. definitely don't cut yeah, leave that. that. That's in great. There. That's good action. That's me being dumb. Okay, Tim, your first pick. We are gonna, That's an oh, we're gonna we're teacher.
2: pay your teachers. Yeah, pay your teachers more. I just came out of a staff meeting. Shout out Dover Bay. Um, we are gonna go <laughs> with Calvin Johnson from the Detroit <laughs> Lions um short career but one of the best receivers that we've ever seen uh the man could catch any ball he was a massive human being and moved like shit so like and in the i mean that in the best way um yeah calvin johnson not barry bonds because i'm an idiot
0: Yeah, a short career that only consisted of 135 games unfortunately due to injury but still one of the greatest careers of all time Uh, um maddie didn't Calvin first.
1: Johnson have the most receiving yards all time in the season? Yes, he has. 1900-something.
0: 1900 1964. That first?
1: That's first. right, because Cup came close to that this year, right? Correct. Ish. Yes.
0: Ish. Yeah, and he had game. game. Oh, uh, Maddie, you yeah, saw t- your look. first pick, Incredible filter not included draft.
3: All right, so I'll switch it up a little bit here, and I'm going to go with a hockey player. Let's go with Mario Lemieux. Played for Pittsburgh for quite a few seasons, 915 games played. Uh, and I think that he's an incredible athlete, an incredible guy, but he's also a savvy businessman. I don't know if you guys saw, but at one point when the Pittsburgh Penguins were <laughs> had racked up a lot of debt, um, Mario Lemieux actually, I don't remember if he turned his contract, uh, but he took. He turned his contract into team equity. Yeah, they owed he, him like $16 dollars. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and he turned, and now it's worth like exponentially more than that. So you know, smart move by him. Could have probably turned out worse. But I mean, you see NFL players now taking their contracts and fucking Bitcoin and getting screwed. So I mean, Mario Lemieux is the pioneer of that. In some may say.
1: I mean, not only um, that, that's a guy who had cancer, got it removed. And uh, I'm looking it up right now, came back and led the league in scoring while missing a good deal of the season, getting a cancerous lump of his neck removed. Like, talk about big time.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, some uh, obviously, obviously a great career, shortened for a little bit there, but came back as strong as ever. Brisson, we're going to do in the snake drafts. So you have the next pick as well. You got four and five. What is your second selection in the filter not included? Best athletes to play for one team's minus Barry Bonds
3: draft. So this one I'm going to need – I'm going to audible a bit here, and you guys got to tell me if this counts or not. Uh, I'm going to go with Ray Lewis because I didn't know if I wanted to put him in the best category or the worst category because, like, he did murder two people with a knife, but he was also a fucking hell of a – Allegedly. Player. Allegedly. He uh, he pled down to whatever it was, lying in his – initial statement but so i think he got it i think he got 12 months probation and 250 grand but like if you actually go back and look into it like they had him paying for the knife that was used to stab those two guys like they had almost everything but they just couldn't connect his fingerprints or dna to the knife and obviously this was such a while ago he got away with it but i don't know he's still a hell of a football player what do you guys think well all of it that I take away
0: from that is that if there was a day that we were bored for topics here on film, including we might have to do a Matthew Brisson power rankings of athletes turned criminals uh, rating from one to 10, because it's just about every episode that you turn athletes into criminals between Ben Roethlisberger rugs will come up eventually here. I bet. And I think that'd be an all time power rankings, you know, trying to be relevant here in the sporting world. What do you guys think?
2: I had Ray Lewis on my list, too, so I think that's absolutely a great pick. you got to go on field with this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, Defensive Player of the Year twice. I mean, that's what more
3: can you say. And emotional player. leader, too. Like, there's stuff outside of the stats. Like, he was the heart, soul at defense for how many years? Up in Baltimore. 12-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, won a Super Bowl MVP.
1: Yeah, he did all right for himself.
0: Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, Timmy, coming back to you, your second pick in the draft. Where are we going?
2: Uh, my second pick, we're going with the big fundamental, Tim Duncan. Uh, might not have been the flashiest guy in the NBA, but he was so consistent on one of the biggest dynasties that we're going to see in sports. That Spurs team is always competitive, and he was always a big part of those teams.
0: Yeah, I see uh Brisson had a little reaction there in his camera. I'm sure that was uh your next pick or your last pick there, Brisson. Yep, that was one of the ones I had on
3: my list. Did we're gonna Tim hit. did I know I know that was on my list too because he actually played for his entire career on one team because Tim's been <laughs> able to pick that up.
1: Do you guys have access to my notes? You're just pulling straight off of my list here. I will to go down into the
0: reserves. Yeah, if we're on the reserves here, what's uh what's pick number two for you, Sabrowski? Where are you going here? Well, I'm hopping in the way back machine here, all the
1: way back to 1956. And that is the first year that Bill Russell played with the Boston Celtics. Bill Russell won 11 rings in 13 years, all with the Celtics. Uh, big championship theme here with me. We have that. Derek Jeter won five. I just think if you can win, man, there's, there's nothing nothing better than that, and let alone winning one team.
0: So in that case, you know, Patty Maroon being uh, Stanley Cup champion a few times, that that gets him up there. Obviously, he's bounced around a couple teams, so he doesn't isn't nominated for this draft. But that's kind of your standard—is you, whether you win if you're good or not. You're just that's you get up in that list.
1: Uh, Patty Maroon's more of a uh, accompanying player, while well, Bill Russell is a star of those teams. So we got that. Patty Maroon's that's disqualified right. by there, and he's still playing. Like you
0: said. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to go with my second pick. Uh, We're sticking with the Detroit Lions, which is uh, odd, obviously, but I'm going with Barry Sanders, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Uh, He played for – let me just pull it up here. He played for 153 games. (laughs) Yes. Tim was right. He played for the Detroit Lions. That's not where I was getting at. He played 150-plus games in the NFL – for a thousand yard seasons, he had 10 of them. He had eight all pros. He had 15,000 and uh, plus rushing yards, and he had 109 total touchdowns. One of the greatest to, to ever do it. Uh, we'll always be in the debate of uh, who can, who, who is the best running back of all time, but he will always be in that conversation. And he was looking especially excellent at the NFL award show with uh, Key Michael Peel, I believe his name is, or sorry. The, the host of the, whatever the NFL words, whatever the guy's name is, I'm drawing a blank. Keegan Michael uh, Key. Thank you. Yes, he uh, was looking extra damper there. His age is about as good as anybody. Uh, my last pick here, I'm going with Mr. Dirk Nowitzki, the Dallas Maverick. Great. I'm sure Luka Doncic one day. Hopefully, he remains a Maverick because he'll overtake Dirk Nowitzki as the greatest Maverick of all time. But uh, Dirk did it for many seasons. Uh, he had a lot of great moments playing for uh, Mark Cuban there. Had some great memories as well. Boys, what are your thoughts? Uh, Sbrowski, I'll pass things off to you. What are your thoughts on Dirk Nowitzki and his career and uh, any special moments or specific moments that stick out to you?
1: I actually have a throwback, <clears throat> throwback Dallas Mavericks Dirk Nowitzki jersey in my closet at home right now. So, it tells you my feelings on him. Um, you spent one year in Texas at college and all of a sudden you become a Mavs fan, apparently. And just watching Dirk uh, night in the night out was, was fun. He's just. Just so smooth and, and technically sound, and yeah, here the end, Dirk could not move worth a shit. But uh, he was fun to watch, and he was a big part of those uh, of those Mavs teams, especially the one that randomly won an NBA championship, basically off of Dirk's
0: back. For sure. Anybody else got anything on uh, Dirk Nowitzki, or should we move on?
2: I had Dirk on my list for sure as well. So a great pick. And I was never a good basketball player, but I played in high school. And my move was the Dirk fade: back him down, back him down, kick the leg out while you're fading away. Nobody can block that. The only difference between him and I is he would actually hit the shot, and I would usually airball it.
1: It's the thought that counts. He was three. like six foot nine
0: two, so there's that. am nine at
2: heart, you. baby. Six nine at heart. <laughs> uh.
0: Jamie, coming on to you. What is your uh, third and final pick in the draft? You skip me, you Dick. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. Sorry, Sabrowski. What is your? Uh, my apologies. What is your third pick uh, in this draft? My apologies there. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know,
1: sample all the sports here, and I'm picking Burnaby Joe, Joe sackett Um, just, just a legend, right? Winning two-time Stanley Cup champion, NHL MVP in 2001, 13-time All-Star, and, you know, was end-of-the-year NHL first team at center three times in, in, a, in the early 2000s decade where talent was, you know, everywhere. So there's that. Uh, he was a captain for most of his career, um, really good Colorado Avalanche team, and, you know, now he's transitioned over to being a damn good executive for the avalanche they uh they've been putting together some good teams and uh he's uh he's the architect of that also met him once so that was cool john reed tournament in st albert
0: yeah i actually uh in that tournament where his team came down too so it was very cool just seeing joe sackick up on the bench you know coaching his team so that was a very cool moment glad you got to meet him as well timmy Bennett, your third and final pick in the draft what do you got
2: this one might be a surprise pick, and when I say it might be, I'm going to get some funny looks on this one, um, but career cut way too short. For the Washington R-Words, we have Sean Taylor. Uh, he would have been going down as possibly the best safety ever, hardest hitting for sure. Shout out Darren Sharper. And uh, we'd be talking Sean Taylor in the same category as Troy Polamalu, Ed Reed. That dude was an absolute monster and that highlight of him in the pro bowl since we're on the pro bowl today, I guess him lighting up the punter is the best football highlight you will ever watch. So Sean Taylor is my third pick. Back when the pro bowl wasn't a bastardized version of
0: football. Take that Roxy roller. Shout out large. Uh, Brisson your third and final pick here in the best athletes to play for one team draft. What do you got for the, what do you got for the listeners?
3: All right, well, I'll take this one back a little bit because I did play a fair amount of hockey when I was growing up, so I'll take this back to hockey again. Uh, let's go with Pavel Datsuk from the Detroit Red Wings. So he played for quite a while for Detroit, 953 games played. Like, not only was he a very good player and also the captain of the team for quite a while, he was also just – he just changed the game. Like, I remember just seeing him do stuff – on TV. And then the next night at hockey practice, I'd be dicking around trying to do it myself. So just a very influential guy. I thought he was a very nice guy from everything I heard about him, but yeah, I'll take that. I was actually just laughing. Cause I was going to take a uh, magic Johnson, but he missed four years uh, with an illness <laughs> illness uh, and it's dash dash HIV. So I don't know why that's uh, not like redacted a little bit. Cause that seems mildly offensive, but I guess that just caught me off guard. But, yeah. You didn't know
1: that about Magic Johnson. I knew he had
3: HIV, and I knew he was like open about it. But it's—I just found it weird to actually read that somewhere. Like when you see WNBA players like out for nine months, and then it says like pregnant in brackets. Like it just just kind of catches you off guard. Something you don't
0: see every day. We'll go with that. We could have had a laundry list of te- uh, players here that fit this category for this draft, but we had our top three uh we have our teams picked we're going to post that on social media for a later date for you guys to vote on the best best athletes to play for one team in their career draft uh hopefully you guys enjoyed that we're going to add some honorable mentions here the one honorable mention i'm going to include in mine i'll pass them off to brisson afterwards is i'm going to add dustin pedroia the boston red sox legend obviously big poppy is a big Boston Red Sox as well, but, uh, you know, short Kings matter. I'm a Kyler Murray fan, not anymore, probably because of all the things going on there. But uh, short Kings rule as I am short King and Dustin Pedroia was one of those guys in baseball that proved that, uh, you know, short people can do things that big people can too. So Dustin Pedroia was my pick. Uh, Rasan, any
3: honorable mentions on your end from this draft? Uh, I have two, except I'm only going to say one of them. Uh, I'll say Nicholas Lidstrom just because I don't want to steal these other guys' thunder and because the other guy's a fucking Steelers legend and I can't say his name right now because my heart's still broken from the Bengals. <laughs> Timmy Buns,
0: uh, your honorable mentions. Probably still hurt too.
2: I've got uh, quite a few honorable mentions here, so bear with me. I'm not really going to talk about them. I'm just going to list them off. Uh, as a Mariners fan, have to go Felix Hernandez. Uh, Bengals fan, it hurts to say, but Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu should both be talked about there. Uh, Chipper Jones was a great Cal Ripken Jr., Dwayne Wade, Marcus Nasland, my boy Pat McAfee. Uh, we got Jay Cole played a set for the uh, Rwanda Patriots, shout out to the African League. But I really want to focus on one man and uh, that we're going to throw back to the 40s with the St. Louis Browns. We got Eddie Gaydell. Uh, he had one. Official plate appearance, I think he was about three foot six. And my favorite fact about Eddie Gaedel is that he wore the number one eighth on the back of his jersey. Um, obviously played in a different time, so that wouldn't fly now, but absolute legend that needs to be mentioned. So that's my honorable mentions. Shout out Eddie Gaedel.
0: You ever see a world where Jose Altuve walks up to the plate jokingly or not with a one eighth jersey? Is that is that flying nowadays, Tim?
2: Uh, I think that's disrespectful to the man, the myth, the uh, St. Louis Browns legend. So I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, he will forever be the Should only just be retired number, number fifty-six. Should be
1: number fifty-six, five foot six,
0: on a good there day. There we skills. go. Uh, Sabrowski, any honorable mentions on your end? Yeah, I got some
1: some up front. Um, Ted Williams. Uh, I don't know. I guess he played for two teams because he flew in the u.s air force but you know not baseball uh Sammy koufax jackie robinson the goat um can't say enough good things about that guy break down the color barrier all all of that 42 is a great movie go watch it if you have time um got some football ones uh walter payton there's literally a trophy named after him for being a good guy um talk about a legacy there and then um I don't know if this guy has much of a positive legacy on, on his team and the sport, but uh, Johnny football, Johnny Mandel, Um, I mean, if you want to change the conversation to just complete bus, but uh, that's a guy who in college, you know, he's beating number one ranked Alabama throwing for 500 yards, five, six touchdowns a game. And, you know, it just, his, his game didn't really translate over to the NFL for, you know, a multitude of reasons and, you know, guy ran into a few off the field issues, but it just, you know, Johnny Manziel was a guy who, when he was in college, you really thought he could be one of the next great quarterbacks. Uh, I'm sure I don't, I'm not alone in in having that opinion. Um, What are some busted you guys can think of, you know,
2: off the cuff here, dive into those. I'm going to jump in here with, uh, as a former portland trailblazers fan if you are checking us out on twitter i denounced my fandom there but greg odin was one of the biggest ones man was coming out of college as like the big thing literally the big thing he was like seven one and
3: his feet just couldn't keep up with being such a huge human kept breaking his feet yeah. so, like, like, like that's probably one that fits the cusp here pretty well like the Oilers finally got the first overall pick and then they proceeded to just be dog shit for another four years after drafting Yak Yakupov so like <laughs> he so was tough. just a fucking tire fire and I think the story correct me if I'm wrong Subrowski but the story goes like wasn't didn't Yakupov like a pre-draft meeting at Cates's house and then he played video games with Kates' kid and Cates was like yep we're drafting this fucking guy and then he just proceeded to shit down his leg for his entire NHL career
1: yeah, the, uh, the same reporters who seem to have all the inside information on the Oilers. Um, actually, I don't know if it's Mark Spector or Matt, Jimmy Matheson or whoever, but someone brought that up and it seems to be pretty true. Um, Yakupov is a tough one, though. Like, you hear, have you heard the Brian Burke story with him? No. Uh, Burke said that Yakupov was the worst pre draft interview he ever had. And I don't, you know, Brian Burke. Sometimes sounds like he fudges the truth, but like it seems like Yakupov might have been more of a a product of terrible scouting by the Oilers rather than, you know, being a, well, he was a bust. He went first overall, call a spade a spade. And in general, that draft was like 2010 or 2012. I don't remember when that draft was shit. The only thing I remember from that is like the top four picks kind of all burnt out, and then number five was Morgan Riley who ended up being a pretty good player. But as far as, you know, top five picks go, like, I don't know, maybe that's just because I hate the Leafs. Fuck Morgan Riley.
3: I mean, this Jakubov comparison kind of didn't – wasn't there a report that came out of Miami, the Dolphins, a couple couple weeks ago after they fired Flores and before this lawsuit stuff? Like, wasn't the same thing happening there? Like, the ownership in Miami wanted to draft Tua and – Flores was banging the table because he wanted Herbert, and then they drafted Tua. Tua sucks. <laughs> Flores Flores, Flores
1: was right. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's, I think he, was... he he nailed it. Tua is I don't know. We can get into Tua.
1: Uh, it's too early to be a bust. Too early to be a bust. He won some football games this year. You know what? What? What do you think the definition of a bust is? Like when? When can someone quantifiably become a bust? What do you think? Boss or Tim, one of you two.
2: The uh, the definition of a bust is Jamarcus Russell. Um, <laughs> I think the you goal. have to fully flame out at this point. Like Tua hasn't done enough to fully flame out, but you turn to a guy like Dwayne Haskins, even I think he's getting towards bust category. But I really need to see a Jamarcus Russell level. Like, we're sending you home with game film that's not even in the case, and you come back saying, oh, yeah, I watched that when you're really eating 19 cheeseburgers. Like, that's a bust. What was the Jamarcus Russell story that came
1: out within the last year? It wasn't the game tape one. It had something to do with that plane ride, right? Oh, I might be just – Yeah, well,
0: while you look that up, Sabroski, I'll give you one that always lives in my brain permanently – uh, obviously, Canadian basketball is at an all-time high in the international world, uh, and it is a staple now for Canadian basketball players coming into the league. But one Canadian basketball player that never really did pan out and probably will live on as one of the worst NBA draft picks, in my opinion, and bust, uh, was Anthony Bennett of the Cavaliers. I've uh, never seen so much hype. And obviously, TSN Center Canadian uh, sports broadcasters here ran with Anthony Bennett being the first overall pick, and boy, did that taste that that uh, sour taste live on for a few years after he was a complete bust. But Anthony Bennett uh, never, you know, he, he proved that sometimes, like you said, the first overall pick, it's kind of a boomer bust. And he was, boy, was he a bust. Browski, any, uh, any insight yet on your Jamarcus? Uh, no, I can't
1: find it. I think I might be, I think I might be um, sort am just conjuring that up. Another, of my another
0: all-time bust too, uh, just to throw it out there, Ryan Leaf all-time all bust as well that's a another name as well that's a that's a big name any uh any other bust your boys that uh are looming on in your brain that you can think of like obviously Matt yeah that's a good one Matt you know Leiner. like i want to say T- the dubniks and overall. of the world i want to say the dubniks and the petries of the world they were bust but they were just busts on our team and then they went off to fucking pure success on another team so dubnik
1: got vizner votes for like four years in a row yeah, and he was like... <clears throat> so I will not stand for Dubnik slander. He he has said, actually, he was on 32 Thoughts the other week, and he said one of the biggest problems with him in Edmonton was that he couldn't stop the fucking puck to save his life. Those are his words. But he said once he finally got out of Edmonton, um, he, uh, you know, figured some shit out. He had some tough years, got sent down to the AHL by Montreal, but really found a home with Minnesota. Ended up being a, a pretty good player for a few years.
0: Ago. Yeah. He ended up winning the Vesna at least a year or two after he left Edmonton. I believe it was a, the first or second year after he left Edmonton. And I'll never say Dumnik is a bust because obviously he's become a, you know, a staple of a goaltender in the national hockey league, but it's just so tough because we watched him for however many seasons he was here in Edmonton. We called him a bust because he was not panning out. And then he goes on to greater, better things in Minnesota, but it's just tough seeing a guy, perf- you know, get, you know, thrown to the wolves, playing goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers, and then go on to, you know, live, light it up. Same with the Petries yeah. of the world. I think you
1: just hate these guys because they weren't good for your Oilers. Like, That's what I mean. Like, like it's like a, a bust. Twenty, it's not a 20
0: something. It's not a bust draft pick. It's just a bust organization back in those days, in the dark days of Edmonton. So it's just tough being True. like seeing them go on to better and better things, being like, well, why didn't they play like that here? That's just because we're the shit. So uh, any other that
1: football player, the lineman, was it Green Bay? who's taken all the steroids in college. Well, I know Bosworth was a linebacker. He was kind of a bust, right? Yeah. Chris,
0: Chris Bosworth, is that his name, I believe? Brian. Brian Bosworth. Brian Bosworth, Brian yeah. Bosworth.
1: Um, NFL lineman bust. Come on, Google, help me out here. Here we go. 77, what's his fucking name? Tony Mandarich. Tony Mandarich, he um, was like the next coming of Jesus out of college. He was drafted second overall by Green Bay in the 89 draft. Um, Like he was two-time Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, All-American, first-team All-American, and then referred to as the best offensive line prospect ever and uh, was released four years after being drafted.
0: Jesus. That is, that's,
1: that's, tough. Be a, big that's a tough, that's a tough
0: sell Speaking of bus, it could be a future bus Is the Jordan Love draft pick in Green Bay Staying on the Green Bay topic Is that going to be a bus, not only the player But just the draft pick itself I mean, the guys, I think he sued up for what, two games And uh, two years, like that's that's a tough look I don't know, what do you guys think on that one Is, is there uh, any fine. future, is there any future awesome. Is there any future bus, let's let's go on there Any future bus that so you can see Guys that have been drafting, you're like I don't see this guy panning out if they haven't, you know, gotten off to a hot lead, like for example, obviously he's not a bust. He's just blending right now. I was watching the Bruins and Rangers game in the background and completely forgot <clears throat> that Alexi Lafreniere was a hockey player in the NHL because I have not heard his name in whew, forever. So that's, uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? Is there any future bust that you guys can think of that somebody you're watching now or is living, not living up to the hype. That could be a bust in a few years. Renier is
1: definitely on, on, on his way there i think uh a guy named matthew boldy for minnesota has played like 15 games and already as many points as uh, lafreniere this year and boldy was like the 20th something selection like yeah he uh lafreniere playing on a team with a lot of talent like that well he's playing with with probably a current bus candidate capo caco second overall pick or whatever he's not uh, not a very good player.
2: Um, I got one. I got one. I got a current guy that I think is going to be a bust, and I have a feeling I could get uh, you know cold takes exposed here in the future. But I think Trey Lance is not going to pan out at all, and I think he's going to be an absolute bust as a third overall pick. Why do you think that? I'm just, I'm I just don't see. It. I just don't see him uh, fitting in the offensive scheme that is in place in San Fran. And I also just don't think he's ever really been tested. Like he's played what three NFL games came out of a small school. I just don't think he was worth a third round pick and yeah, coming out of North Dakota state. I just don't think that's going to turn into an absolute stud.
0: You don't think Trey Lance is going to live up to the uh, uh, North Dakota state Carson Wentz hype train that Carson Wentz has lived up to in the league.
1: Absolutely, be he's nuts. been so good.
0: He is the greatest at throwing the, uh, you know, trying not to get sacked and throwing the worst picks of all time. Like the one he threw, saying? the one he threw lefty of this year, the where he was trying to get, but he's getting sacked, and he's like, "I'm not getting sacked," and he threw left-handed a pick six on like the two yard line. That's just an all time Carson Wentz play.
3: I mean, if, I, I agree. <laughs> Went down i down it. If I had to go with the draft, for, like since we're on the topic of the last year's draft, and then Brock, I got a question for you after this because we're kind of just all free on this episode. Uh, so I'm probably gonna go Jalen Rager. Like you don't draft a guy like that and then immediately get clowned by another team, laughing right after. So I guess no, actually, sorry, that was two years ago. But I mean, fuck it. Like the Vikings clowned on the clown on the Eagles pretty good there. But Brock, since we're talking about quarterbacks and ridiculous interceptions i think that you've been well aware as an arizona cardinals fan about what's been going on with kyler murray and your team what do you think is going on there because i've seen shit like this guy just refused to go back in the middle of a playoff game i've seen shit where like he deleted all the pictures off his instagram so they deleted all the pictures off their instagram like just a shade war what what is your solution here Broccoli?
0: Well, is there a solution? No, like I can't think of one because I've been trying to wrap up one logical one for the past week or two, however long the story has been relevant. But, you know, when an NFL insider like Chris Mortensen tweets out uh, words that describe Kyler Murray like selfish and finger pointing. Those are some pretty heavy accusations. But the way I'm sure sabrowski can speak to it too as a re- another resident Cardinals fan, but the way he looked not only in that playoff game, but in the last two weeks of the season when they were losing, just him on the sideline was just an all-time all time like pouty face moment Mm -hmm. where uh all you all i could picture when i saw those is people coming up with uh remixes of uh black and white video where it's hello darkness my old friend it's just kyler murray singing on the bench (laughs) because that is literally what the guy looked like it's just he looked like his life was over uh the whole deleting everything off social media like that's just a new way of saying like i i need I need to get out of here. Whether he wants to get out of here, whether it's a contract thing, he just wants more money, whether he needs more say in the organization, whether it's, he's not happy with the coach and Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know. This all came out pretty quickly and pretty out of the blue, but uh, the way his body language was during the games absolutely drove me nuts, especially when we were getting throttled by the eventual Super Bowl champion Rams in that playoff game. And like you said, throwing the most doy, doy pick six of all time. That was just a heartbreaking wrench into my heart. So I, I, I don't know what the solution is in Arizona. Uh, I lost a lot of respect for Kyler those last few weeks when he became a potty pants, and he's got a lot of work, in my opinion, to kind of earn that respect back if he ever does suit up for the Cardinals against Sbrocchi. What are your thoughts on this whole story? I think I think he is being potty pants, man.
1: Like it's when you think of the Cardinals playoff loss, like who's getting more blame? Yeah, Murray's getting a little bit of it, but a lot of it's fallen on uh, Kingsbury. his decision-making right like he's taken he's taken the brunt of of the, the pressure and from social media and whatnot and i don't know it's just you lose you lose a game it happens it's it's you really find out what kind of character someone has after losses as opposed to wins right like and then um i think as far as you know lifelong cardinals fans since 2020 um really, really connected to the heartbeat of this team here. I am. I think they need to just, you know, break ties with him. It seems like this guy's kind of a bit of a hand grenade and and those are those are the guys who give them the max contract for however many years. You are now boat anchored to that guy and you can't get it. You can't get away from him, whether he is good or not. It's just it seems like he might be more of a distraction than a good player per se. He might outweigh the positives with his negatives. And I don't know, there's pretty good quarterback out on the market this year. I'm sure he likes Arizona. I'm sure he likes warm places. He's played, uh, played pretty well at state farm stadium. And uh, he actually broke off his engagement, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, come on down, come party in old town a couple of times and, and you'll love Arizona.
0: I was actually, I thought you were going to lean on the, uh, you know, Sierra might love it, you know, with the little Russell Wilson, Sierra wants out of the rainy Seattle. Maybe she wants to go. Ah, to go Russell nice Wilson of Arizona. sucks.
1: He's only good when the cameras are on him. Fucking two-minute drill with a torn finger. Get out of here. <laughs> on the weight team's field. It's the most eyewash shit ever. Get out. Motivation. Of here. Yeah, the Russell motivational Wilson's video didn't get
0: to your joke. heart?
3: No. End of story. Yeah, that guy's a fucking – Russell Wilson's a fucking joke, too. He's like, I think it's bullshit that Arizona Cardinals were releasing stuff, calling him, like, juvenile – And that stuff is like at 20, how old is he? He's like 24. I think it's kind of a tough look to be like shitting on someone that age. Like we're all kind of juvenile and childish at that age. I mean, I still am. I'm only a year older, but Tim, I got a question for you. So Sobrowski brought up a good point there that Rogers and Shailen Woodley called off their engagement. Uh, I think that story broke today. So we've also seen Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson get together. So... If you were to pick someone that you would never, like I never expected Kim K and Pete Davidson to get together, who would you pick? No that one you did ever see with Aaron Rodgers as his next girlfriend? Someone you would Meryl never see. Streep.
2: Um, I mean, 78. Like? <laughs> that would be a wild one. When you first started coming up with this question, I thought you were going to ask uh, who would I be most surprised to be the Shaylin. Woodley next, and I think that would be Jordan Love, which would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that would be all time. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah, Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love. Why not? Let's have a throuple happening. Um, but most surprising to be with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, um, let's go recency bias and throw Mary J. Blige at him. He's going after a 51-year-old hip-hop legend. So that's star power right there. Well, I Brock, feel like his, at some point his hair could be longer than hers, you know? Brock, get us back on the rails.
0: Yeah, well, I, I'm going to keep him off the rails for a little bit, then I'll pull the reins in. But uh, before that whole Aaron Rodgers, Shaylin Woodley, I did not know who she was. I had to Google search her because I had never heard that name before. Uh, so I searched her up, and, I mean, there's just not much to her. So I think she – never saw yeah. The Fault in Our Stars? About cancer
1: kids sold a million tickets or whatever it's it is it don't give me that look for son. it it is it literally is that's what it's about it's actually i'm pretty sure i cried so putting all the emotion out there
0: yes but uh like i was saying uh, you know not the biggest name out there not saying that Aaron Rodgers needs to be dating a big name, but I think one that would be just pure hilarious because he is an evil person in my opinion, and he is the devil unvaccinated guy kind of thing. He's should be in jail, according to other people in the sports world. But uh, I think a fun name that would just be hilarious because she's bounced around a little bit uh, is Jennifer Aniston, just a nice little soul and a fucking mean old spirit like him, I think would just create a lot of big storylines out people magazine would take that and run with it for sure. So um, Brisson, I see you throwing some names in the chat. What are a couple of names you uh, you're thinking here?
3: Uh, I said that Olivia Rodrigo would be funny, but if we're going to go on the other end of the spectrum from young to old, then I don't know. Someone may throw a nice little Jill Biden in there.
1: Okay. Since this is big screen sports and not big screen pop culture, where do we think Aaron Rodgers is going to go? Denver. Like, like there's, is, is there no chance he's staying with green Bay? Is that like, is staying with Green Bay so out of the question that we're we're just fully going where is he landing next? Like, didn't we think he was leaving last year?
3: And yeah, it's crazy. Like he's winning the MVP. Didn't. He's winning. Yeah, the, he he's, lost. He lost Hackett too. Where did Hackett sign? His OC.
0: And uh, uh, he's a Denver uh, Broncos head coach now. Yeah,
3: I think that's, that's where I put. That's where I put my money because they purged all the offensive assistants too to go there.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just – it's one of those the whole – we were talking about Aaron Rodgers the start of training camp. Is he even going to suit up for the Packers? Walks in wearing an office T-shirt into his first day training camp and then all of a sudden skip forward a few months. He's winning the MVP for the Packers and losing it again in the playoffs to the 49ers. So, I don't know. I just yeah, – And his first I mean, day was like two weeks late, right? Oh, yeah. It walks in like he fucking took, nothing. He took his time. Yeah, nothing wrong in the world, obviously. But I don't know. I, yeah, like Denver is kind of my first pick, too. Uh, my second pick, if I had to pick one, would be like a Pittsburgh. I mean, just because of the history and, you know, I don't know, is, is Aaron Rodgers a guy that's going to go play for a guy like Mike Tomlin, but it's the whole Ben Roethlisberger's finally left there uh, and maybe Aaron Rodgers is the next guy to take that franchise farther in the playoffs. I don't know, but that's really, in my opinion, I don't really care wherever he ends up. I just, as long as he's like not going to That guy, that
1: guy's a saint.
0: Yeah, but Le'Veon, like Aaron Rodgers Bell and
1: Antonio Brown in the same locker room.
0: No, I know. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. Mike Tallman's a bad guy. I'm saying Aaron Rodgers oh. is such a drama queen that like Mike Tallman might not put up with it. Sure, Ben Roethlisberger oh. was a drama queen for the wrong reasons because he got he literally had walking boots in his locker probably because he was hurt. You know, every week and he just had a new injury to come up with. He had to deal with that drama plus Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, but. I don't know. Like, is Tomlin going to put all his chips, or Art Rooney, the owner, going to put all the chips in to bring a guy like Aaron Rodgers in? Or I don't know. That's just. I mean, Denver, Pittsburgh. What else do you guys think? Uh, is there any other teams wrapping up here? Oh man, I I just feel like he might just
1: stay with Green Bay. Like this is the kind of I've been to this movie before, right? You kind of know how it ends. Gets pissed, tries to piss, try some pressure to the owner. Maybe they go out and get a finally get a – well, not finally. They, they have a pretty badass wide receiver right now. His name is escaping me for whatever reason. Yes, Devontae Adams. Thanks. Yes. Thanks. I mean, that that was the guy that Aaron Rodgers was looking for, right? And ended up having a really good year together, MVP year together. So, um, to throw it way back in this episode, Timmy Buns, when you brought up uh, Denver and also securing the bag, that just made me think of another all-time bust. Brock Osweiler, that guy <laughs> had what, like four good games. And then was it the Texans gave him like a max contract and he just rode off into the sunset with his $75 million
2: and never heard from him again. Brock Osweiler, as my buddy uh, Lance loves calling him. That dude was a monster. He was humongous. I'm just trying to find how much he made there. Um, but wasn't he like six, seven or something like that? Yeah. He's a giant, uh, $72 million contract, 37 guaranteed in the first two years.
1: And how many games of that did he play or start?
2: Uh, that's a hell of a question. How many games oh, did he reference. start for the Texans? Yeah. Pull up the
0: PFF page. PFF official source of, uh, football research on the filter, not included podcast.
2: Uh, for the Houston Texans, he played 15, started 14. And the year after signing that contract, he was He's back on back the Denver Back with Denver.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, he played. They gave him the bag, and he immediately was back on the team. Did he get released by Houston or what? But oh, That see, is yeah.
2: unclear, but he threw more picks than he threw touchdowns that year. <laughs> the
1: he coveted picks, one, 15 one-to-one one ratio. Holy hell.
0: The Mendoza oh, line, the Mendoza line of football, games. more interceptions and touchdowns.
2: Quarterback rating of 49.3 in 14 starts. Is that good? Is that good? <laughs> oh, oh, that, sucks. Is, Another
1: that boss, is one of Nathan my Peter favorite. Oh man, I just feel bad for Peterman. That's just like heartbreaking. Just because yeah, How about NFL this one, too? All of the interceptions.
0: How about this one, too, just because he's not here to defend himself? How about uh, greatest bust in Giants history, Daniel Jones? What do you guys think?
2: Come on. Danny Dimes can run. Oh, before. it's
0: too early. Too early? No, he can't. He can't <laughs> run. He'll he's just tripped. over the 40-yard line.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's, he, yeah, that's true. Last
0: okay. thing I have on this topic, and then we'll uh, get into our closing uh, segment here. Uh, here's a scenario. Anyone's open to chime in. I was thinking about it. When we were talking about the Steelers and Russell Wilson uh obviously devonte adams is a free agent and i don't know the situation in seattle but is there a straight up trade for something how fun would it be to see like an aaron rodgers and adams go to seattle and russell wilson and tyler lockett go to pit uh go to green bay that would be a little fine so. think like if you
3: can get rid of if you're seattle <laughs> you can get devonte adams and aaron rodgers i think you do it at all costs you're at the dying end of this dynasty but they're probably already dead you need to hold a ceremony yep, yep. for him but
1: but how many first-round picks is Seattle then sending to Green Bay?
3: Right, Probably like like day. who would it
1: be? Would it be Devonte, Devonte, and, and Aaron Rodgers for DK, Matt Calf, Russell Wilson, and like all of the first-round picks until Russell Wilson's son is right. twenty-one? It's, it, it's, like player for player, that just doesn't make that doesn't make much sense. You'd think Russell Wilson's on the back nine, Aaron Rodgers. On the back nine, but just one MVP. Boss, we got you back yet or what?
0: I've been here the whole time. I don't know whether I'm a robot right now. Hopefully, I sound pretty no, cool. No, you're good now. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it just, it's those are the fun NFL trades because NFL trade deadlines, the worst thing in the world aside from the Pro Bowl itself. But I'd be just, it's just a fun hypothetical, you know, to throw around. Who knows? Oh, well, one last thing that I want to say shout out to the Rams.
1: I know you guys are sad that they beat your Bengals, but, like, shout out to them for showing that teams out there can just say, fuck it, go all in. The Rams aren't picking in the top 100 of this draft. They just said, you know what, draft picks, we don't need them. We're going to try and win a, a championship. And, and, yes, it came in at expense to my co-host's favorite team, but I'm I'm all for more teams out there just saying, screw it. Let's make it work. Look at Vegas with the Eichel situation. Tampa Bay taking on contracts. Just screw it. We'll figure out. We'll figure out the money stuff while we're holding our Stanley Cup or World Series trophy or yeah. Super Bowl. You see what the I'm GM's all for that.
3: You t-shirt said for the parade yeah, today. Less,
0: less need. Fuck the picks. <laughs> less need an all-time t-shirt. Picks. Fuck yeah. the picks. Uh, to go. Which t-shirt was better, Brisson, That you saw wrapping this up for the fourth time that we've said this less needs fuck the picks or andrew whitworth's super bowl mvp with old or very young uh cooper cup
3: i like to fuck the picks i think that, that sprowski's right the more people in fucking mode the better for sports oh yeah it's just chaos
0: beautiful if you have any thoughts on anything we just talked about because we rambled and got off the rails there quite a bit there in our uh, segment uh message us on instagram twitter facebook and tiktok at big screen sports for twitter it's at big screen sports or send us an email at big screen sports 2020 at gmail.com that's big screen sports 2020 gmail.com
3: all right fellas just as we're wrapping up here i got into a little bit of a twitter beef here (laughs) this last week so um let's just say it was with a fellow a fellow sports fan but this guy his name's colin dunlap uh, Colin underscore Dunlap on Twitter. He uh, he was kind of shitting on the Bengals for having a bunch of people welcome, welcoming them home um, from their Super Bowl game. So the Bengals, I don't know if you guys saw the video online, but there was probably hundreds and hundreds of people outside of Paul Brown Stadium from when the team arrived back. And they were celebrating the Bengals, cheering them on, and thanking them for what they did this season. So Colin Dunlap uh and his sixty thousand 000 fo- decided to inform his sixty thousand 000 followers uh the following saying a ton of Bengals fans gathered and then welcomed home their super bowl team after the super bowl loss losses in all caps i get it for them but i'll say this i'd never do this after a pittsburgh steelers super bowl loss and i hope no self-respecting steelers fan ever would period loser mentality period so i came back with a little bit of a fastball and My argument was that they weren't cheering because they lost. We weren't giving out participation medals. What we were cheering on was, no, I shouldn't say we because I wasn't there, but they were cheering on the widespread success of the team. This team was favored to win six games this year, and they won 13 and lost in the Super Bowl. They knocked out both the number one seed and the number two seed in the AFC. They beat the Chiefs, the number two seed, twice this year, once in the AFC Championship game, to come back and win, or to, to come back and win the game and make it to the Super Bowl. So I don't know. It's just like, I don't get it. Like, maybe Brock, you can help me out here, but like, your team's in the Super Bowl, you guys lose. Like, the Bengals came so far and did so much stuff that they'd never done before. It was unprecedented. It was incredible. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have this much fun again during a playoff run for the rest, rest of my life. And like, I woke up Sunday morning fully knowing that like us losing was the likely possibility. And with all the chicken shit that happened in the game, all the referee fuck-ups, everything that went on throughout the game, I was like, you know what? I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of Joe Burrow, who it came out today, had a sprained MCL and continued to play in the rest of the game. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, Colin. But it just it's just frustrating. Like, you can't cheer on something. The city of Cincinnati hasn't had a professional sports, like, win in the entire league since, like, I think it's 1991. Like this and the Reds have by and large been shit. Anyone who follows baseball will know that the Cincinnati Reds have not been good. The only thing you know about the Reds is Joe Burrow and the mascots head is a big baseball, but like the Bengals far and exceeded everyone's expectations. And I don't think it's a bad thing to celebrate something, celebrate like this playoff. round. like the last month of my life has been crazy trying to listen and take in as much as I can from this. Cause I don't know if I'm ever going to experience it again, but maybe Brock, give me your thoughts. Cause I'm trying to be objective here from an, I've obviously am heavily biased in this, but like, I'm not even saying this cause I hate Pittsburgh. I'm saying this just because I love Cincinnati and I love what they were able to do. And I think it means so much more than just what happened in that last 60 minutes of football they played in 2022.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty simple when you think about it. I mean, the famous saying it's very hard for people to do is put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Like, my Arizona Cardinals were not in the Super Bowl by a fucking large margin because they lost the eventual Super Bowl champions in the Rams. Uh, obviously, if fans came out in Arizona State Farm Stadium to welcome home their Cardinals after that loss, I'd probably have to res- uh, designate no more fandom like uh, uh, Timmy Bennett did with his Portland Trailblazers. But at the end of the day, did
3: anybody expect the Bengals, including yourself, to be in the super bowl if you told me that the Bengals would have made the playoffs this year i would have told you bullshit like at the beginning of the year and i mean that from a from an objective fan standpoint man like obviously i'm getting a little fucking fired up here but like the Bengals this year exceeded expectations so so much like i've never had a professional sports team play and operate in the way that they did and make it that far and like it sucked the way it ended it like i i i think Sabrowski said it earlier like i'm proud of the i'm happy for the rams i think that i would much rather have lost to the rams as opposed to someone else but like i don't know like the refs i think we talked about it a few weeks back we won't rehash this comment but Like I said, that they need to have more refs on the field, similar to like how baseball does it. Like you could have refs stand out of bounds and it doesn't fucking impact a single thing in the game. But all it does is give an extra set of eyes to see these holds, these pass interference plays. See if someone was lined up offside. I don't know if you've seen the pictures. Aaron Donald was literally three feet offside on one. Another one, the entire... So the play that Logan Wilson got flagged on for pass interference which like we can debate that till the cows come home i think he was i thought he was just touching him some people said he was grabbing like if he is and that's a flag every day of the week but the fact of the matter is, is on that same play all four offensive linemen jump for the rams like there's screenshots of the center have not moved the ball and all three linemen are out of their four linemen are out of their stance sorry so it's like the refs need to get better they need to do a better job at that like the Bengals' all line sucked they gave up seven sacks but like I don't think Bengals fans have anything to be sad about. Like, it sucked. It still hurts. Like, it's going to hurt like a motherfucker for a long, long, long time. But I just – I really don't get where people are coming from with that type of criticism, and I think that's completely unwarranted, and I think that's bullshit. But at the end of the day, he works Pittsburgh radio, so that tells you everything you need to know about a guy. He sold his soul for the fucking black and gold. So good for him. Hope he continues to just throw out shitty stuff on Twitter so we can – build up his likes and his impressions because that's his job at the end of the day. Like he needs to get that stuff. So you see this all the time. People came out the last 48 hours saying Matt Stafford's not a hall of famer. Matt Stafford is a hall of famer. Like why the fuck are we having this conversation? Let the guy get drunk in a parade before we even have this conversation. Fuck.
0: Yeah. Let Tom Brady tweet at him to have some water. Uh, Trust me. Those are the type of tweets we need to see, but talking about the Steelers guy, like, I think Colin, whatever his name is, like his job is to tweet about the Steelers and stuff like that. Like, you don't just get 60,000 followers by accident. I'm sure this guy's had a few uh, off-putting takes here and there. And this obviously one is one I don't agree with, not just because you're a Bengals fan, but it's just one. It's like, well, I'd be proud of my Cardinals this year, even even though they were like 8-0 to start the year and fell off at the end. Like, I'd still be proud of them if they made the Super Bowl because they were not a Super Bowl team. Like, you could talk contenders all you want, but they were not contenders at the end of the year. And that's fair to say they made the playoffs. That was a success over last year, but... Here's a here's a fun fact to throw out there for you. Uh this is just a, a good way for NFL teams to believe that you could have the, one of the worst years you could have and then still make it to the Super Bowl next year. Like I'm sure this isn't gonna be a lot of times like this Bengals, I don't want to say is a fluke or a one-off, but really like it's very hard to do in the NFL is to have a four and twelve season and then make it to the Super Bowl uh, the next year. It was four and twelve, right? When you got towards ACL, they were four and twelve. Yeah. So uh, here are teams that, again, uh, extra game this year. Here are teams that were 4-13 or less that, if you're a fan of this team, including our own Westie, uh, you have hopes that maybe your team, if they do the right things, they could be making the Super Bowl next year. So uh, you have the New York Jets, the Houston Texans, and the New York Giants, both New York teams, of course, because New York is the greatest sports town of all time. Both are All of them were 4-13, and 13, as well as the Detroit Lions were 3-13-1. So obviously they had a tie, but. Pretty much same thing as four and thirteen. So these are four teams that nobody, nobody in their right minds would ever pick being in the Super Bowl next year. But your Bengals, I'm sure people are in the same boat. Like I never, I thought the Bengals were the shits, and then all of a sudden Joe Burrow's taking them to the promised land. Like that's fucked up. That's a big deal. So it's uh, it's it just very cool to see that, and you gotta you gotta enjoy that moment as a Bengals fan, being like, we're a team that just turned it around from four and twelve to make it to the Super Bowl. So it's not a fluke. You guys, you guys had a run. We really hope you're not like the Montreal Canadians in the NFL where you guys fucking completely fall off and all shit hell breaks loose. But uh it, it's one of those Colin, you're a mutt. Like that's just that stupid take. Maybe it has a fact that it's your AFC North rivals. Sure, whatever, man. Like your job is to tweet about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm sure you have to take down all your division opponents down by whatever means necessary. But uh put yourself in our shoes, Colin. If your team was in the Super Bowl with Ben Roethlisberger this year, they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Bills. And then they end up going to the Super Bowl against the Rams. And if they came home with whatever, all the things that happened this year with Big Ben, uh, you know, in this retirement year, if they would have came home losing to the Rams by three points, I'm pretty sure you guys would be fucking on your hands and knees, praising that team, making it to the Super Bowl. So put yourself in our shoes, Colin, not the greatest take you had, but I'm sure you've got a fucking timeline full of great ones. So yeah, I, I'm glad you got that Twitter beef. It was a very well-earned and very, uh, properly timed uh twitter beef because that's what we do here we got our big screen accounts where we tweeted people that say unnecessary things like your uh what's the nfl guy that you've been tweeting at numerous times that are against the Bengals? Oh, the bart
3: scott that bart Scott that Bengals will never win a playoff game because it's always gonna run through baltimore get the fuck out of here both bart scott like there you go well it's uh, just those- yeah those are the kind follow of people. Us who to make sure sure follow us right? social media we try to like interact with people as much as we can like it's just i think that a lot of these people are just saying stupid shit to get clicks and i genuinely am vehemently opposed to that because everything that you try to say and put on social media should at least like be wholeheartedly in a good manner trying to do like maybe not do something good because social media as a whole is a joke but like not saying stuff just for the sake of saying stuff and building up your like followers and shit. Like I'm just trying to do the best that I can and just talk and interact with the most people. Cause this is what I like. This is what I love. I love sports and it's yeah, it's interesting, but I probably will next week sometime. I'm hoping I'm dropping a blog series uh, on the bangles just cause it's reading week. So I'll hopefully be able to recap where we started, where we came how we got here because I think a lot of people don't realize that there's this Super Bowl was the this was the culmination of the two different ways you build this franchise you go like the Rams and you acquire players and you pay for with capital whether it's draft or resources or or money and the Bengals went the opposite direction Zach Taylor's first year he didn't draft a single player that wasn't a captain out of his university team so there's it it, it was the two opposite ends of the spectrum clashing and obviously the Rams got the better of them but you can only hope that with the Bengals having 48, in caps, 48 million in caps, in cap uh, for next year without cutting a few players that probably should be cut, all of our draft picks looking forward. Like, hopefully it's bright, like you said. Hopefully you're not the Montreal Canadiens, but fuck. If it is, it'll be a good next year for big screen sports listeners because I'll have a lot of things to say.
0: With that being said, let's wrap up the show. We've talked a lot of good things here on the Filter Not Included podcast, as we always do. If you got anything to say, like our, our man Randy Reckner uh Rexy, roxy roller large candy dancer himself uh Rexy. To, yeah Rexy. show yo if you're still listening to this point i know you're old it's probably past your bedtime whenever you're listening to this but uh for all of you viewers and listeners out there uh if you got something to say on the filter not included podcast as you can tell we did it in the start of the show we will share your thoughts with uh with among the boys so make sure you message us on instagram twitter facebook and tiktok at big screen sports Twitter, it's at Big Screen Sport with no S and mess or email us at Big Screen 2020 at gmail.com. That's Big Screen 2020 at gmail.com. And make sure you share this podcast with all your friends and family that need to hear anything that was talked about today on whatever podcast streaming platform they listen to. Thank you for listening, Filter Not Include listeners. You are the greatest listeners out there. Mr. B's students, go to bed. It's past your bedtime. It's a school night. Everybody else, enjoy your night. We'll talk to you guys here very soon.